Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. No one. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. First and Pod, thanks for being with us. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi, every team, every week, every game, coming to you live after Texans and Eagles 29-17 Texans. Uh, it was probably a little closer for comfort, Pony, than Philly wanted for a little longer than they expected. But it it, it felt to me like uh, always at arm's length, never really at risk of losing, not really going to overreact in any way for the Eagles. Like classic letdown spot. They 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 sleepwalked a little bit, but they're totally fine. That's how I yeah. felt. Well, I think the biggest story about this game is the rarity of both of their teams in baseball playing a World Series game at the same time. And I don't know if you knew this, but our sister station, WIP in Philadelphia, aired the football game over the Phillies game. The Phillies game got bumped to another station. And I don't know if that's a contractual thing, but they had put on their website for days a programming note that they were going to take the football game over the baseball game. And I'm really into shit like this. I am I'm going to be fascinated by that rating tomorrow in Philadelphia for both games because my hypothesis was if it was a closeout game for the Phillies, I think the Phillies would have done a better rating. But because it was 2-2 and because it looked a little sketchy there for the Eagles at at first, I bet the Eagles game will do a better rating. So I just default to football is king, but this has to be like the ultimate litmus test. I mean, Philly's a great sports town. It's been insane, the environment at these Phillies games, but you also have 40,000 people at the game that are obviously hardcore baseball fans that are otherwise not watching on TV. It could be that close of a number where where that, that could impact it. it. It would be a sad commentary for baseball. If Eagles Texans loses in a huge sports market like that to Game Five of the World Series, but but it's a unique situation for the Eagles because they're a team of destiny right now. They're undefeated. Right. It's a dream season. Right. And, and the we- and the foot and the baseball season wouldn't end either way for them tonight. It was just to recapture control of the series. Yeah, but it's still a World Series game over a Thursday night game against the Texans. I mean, the Eagle the, the Phillies game is 
undeniably a bigger game. If the if if Thursday night football against the Texans beat it, that's a football reigns supreme thing. That's not a. I mean, we we know Philadelphia is a great sports town. We know they love the Phillies. It's just that every casual fan in the world cares about the NFL, and baseball doesn't have a ton of casual fans. Like that's a that 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 is a fascinating thing. I'm I'm a little surprised to hear that about IP, just because if there's one place where baseball media carries the day it's on the radio right I mean baseball on the radio still matters baseball on the radio is a much more valuable radio property than football on the radio just because 162 games of inventory companion sport summer mowing your grass pool lake trips car rides like baseball always being there Football's not really a great radio property for these stations to have. But Philly has always labeled itself as a football first town. They have right. been into that more than New York, more than Boston. Uh, you know, things are a little bit different where you are because there's two teams, but obviously the Cubs are way more popular than the White Sox. Are. Yeah, Chicago's a Bears town. It's a sh- Chicago's more like Philly in in that way Chicago the unifying thing here is the Bears for sure but I think that you know let's say it was a place you know even you know Houston it'll be Astros because the Texans are so bad but if it were Dallas if the Rangers were playing game five of the World Series and it was 2-2 it would be the Cowboys right and I think we're going to see tomorrow that Philadelphia is a lot like Dallas in those towns and the Eagles will have done a better rating Trying to think about what – so what What would Pittsburgh be? Steelers? It would be if the Pirates weren't such a dead organization with – But if they were in the World Series, they wouldn't well, be Well, no, that's what I'm going to say. That because so many people have never seen it before, you're going 40-plus years. You know, they the spectacle of the Pirates being in the World Series would beat the Steelers. You know, and in Kansas City, where I worked, it's such a great sports town. They do huge numbers for everything. They do huge numbers for college basketball. They do huge numbers for the World Cup. Like, yeah. they, they do they do huge numbers for There's everything. There's no water there. That's why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Royals ratings, set records, the whole thing. Uh, that would be a real fascinating litmus test. I, I think I would say Royals, not because the, it's a bigger Royals town than Chiefs town, but because they would just be significance of the game. Yeah. That I so I I think that's what it would be, but that that would be damn close in Kansas City. That's a that's a good one. Uh anything, anything at all to Damian Pierce having so much success against the Eagles. I saw Mina Kimes share a stat that the Eagles are worst in the league in yards per carry after contact. They might be susceptible to the power running game, which obviously could come into play uh, for a Cowboys matchup with them or a Niners matchup uh, for them. Is that is that a the nerds found a stat to make Philly seem vulnerable, or is that a real thing for you? Uh, not real yet for me because I look at their defensive line, and I think that you know those guys are still great players. So, you know, yards after contact, I guess somehow you got to get beyond that line and into their linebackers in second level. Yeah. Which when I think of their secondary, I think more of guys that, you know, go after the football than I do hard hitting guys. There's not a real thumper back there, but I think it bears watching. Like, I don't think it's a true Achilles heel yet, but now that it's out there, the next time they play, say the Giants and Saquon Barkley or you know, a situation like that, it'll be on my mind, definitely. Yeah, and they've just played with so many leads. Yep. You know, they it, it hasn't really been tested. So it was it Jacksonville's was really the only game where they fell behind big. Right. Um, so it was just just an it was that was something that I thought exact same thing. File file that away. And if teams play close games the whole way, maybe as they wear down even more and become more susceptible to the run over the course of the game, could be a thing, but Let's get to the slate this week. It's a short one with uh, or a small one with six teams on a bye. Uh, Post trade deadline, we'll start Jets and Bills, the preseason favorite, the team that's probably had the highest highs this year. Do you consider the Bills still the team to beat post trade deadline? 
Yeah, I do. I don't think Hines is like a huge addition, but I think he fits their offense. They want a running back who catches it out of the backfield. That's why they drafted Cook from Georgia. He hasn't worked out. You know, I think if you're talking about, you know, small issues for a team, I'm not sure that the Bills in a fourth quarter situation in a four-minute offense, if they just strictly wanted to run the ball, I don't think they could do it unless they made Josh Allen the guy that was carrying the ball. So, you know, that's the only thing with them that's a little bit concerning. But I don't think, and we'll go through some of these other teams, I I don't think a team that was close to them, like Kansas City or Philadelphia, made a move that was big enough to get them on equal footing with Buffalo. So, yes, they are still the favorite for me. Yeah, I think they're still the favorite, too. I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for Chiefs-Bills in the AFC title game to to see it when it all matters and to, to see the game again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the Chiefs, you know, they, they added Kadarius Tony, and we'll get to them. But, you know, Miami adding Chubb is fascinating. And I can't wait to talk about that with you when we do Bears-Dolphins. But I'll, I still need to see it over a larger body of work for them. So yeah, I think I think the Bills are comfortably there. I I love that we put this game first. Uh, so so the Jets are eleventh in points against this year. Obviously lost last week to the Patriots. Gave up twenty two. Week before that, nine to Denver. Week before that, ten to Green Bay. Week before that, seventeen to the Dolphins. Week before that, twenty uh, to the Steelers. They've won four of their last five. Defense is playing very well. What would a number be? a points number that the Bills could score, win or lose, where you would be impressed with the Jets' defense? Uh, I would say if they held them under 24 points, okay, that would was probably my be my two. number. Yeah. Because like, I just think that that's a – they have a lot of really talented players on their defense, and they've been playing well consistently, albeit – against some bad teams, but also like holding Miami to 17 points is looking good. I know, I know Miami had the quarterback issue uh, in in that game, but I am interested. They lost that game to the Patriots because of a legitimate roughing the passer penalty that, that hit on Jones that took that interception off the board, which was a, which was a real hit. It was high and it was late. That, that shift that completely changed the entire dynamic of that game. And it did not affect the throw. So if that play doesn't happen, they probably win. And this is like by far the marquee game of the week. Yeah, I'm very interested to see if their defense makes anything difficult for Buffalo. Another game where we should talk about the moves that were made or not. uh, Rams, Bucks. Both teams did nothing. Were you surprised which team needed to do more or something? Well, Tampa needed to do it because Brady's 45. And there's no guarantee that he's going to be playing football next year. In fact, you see media reports now that agree with me that there's a push to get him in the Super Bowl broadcast booth. So I was ahead of that story. Um, Good job by you. Thank you. Uh, with, with, With L.A., I mean, it, it goes against their behavior, their recent pattern of behavior, but it's like, okay, I guess they can try to run it back next year after kind of the malaise of winning a Super Bowl wears off. I don't see, like, where does Tampa Bay go from here next year once they dump Brady? I think they plummet to one of the worst teams in the NFL. So... I'm stunned that they didn't just try to do a win now thing when the division, they're going to probably have a home playoff game. Why wouldn't you just try to be a team that like Tennessee a few years ago wins like nine or 10 games since he won 10 games last year, they went 10 and seven and made it to the Super Bowl. Danny load yeah, up. They, they, they have a, a stretch here where they have to think they're still winning the division fairly comfortably. Rams, Seattle, Cleveland, New Orleans, San Francisco, Cincy, Arizona, Carolina, Atlanta. The rest of the way. I had an odds maker tell me he thinks they're an underdog in two more games, and that's it. Cleveland yeah. and San Francisco. That that makes sense. 
That may, but I'm not. In, they, they definitely are losing more than two more games. Like, are both of these teams just assuming that they're going to get Odell Beckham Jr., the Rams and Bucks? Is that why they didn't do anything? And who knows what kind of shape he's going to be in by the time he reports and plays. Yeah, and I mean, obviously that makes more sense for the Rams than the Bucks to, like, believe it, given that it's happened before. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. You know, the, the Bucks. I mean, both teams have won a Super Bowl recently, obviously, right? They're the last couple winners. But the Rams winning last year with a longer runway, even if Aaron Donald did retire, they still feel like they could be a contender next year. And I think we've been talking about it for two or three weeks with the Rams. They needed pass protection and run blocking. They, they needed an offensive lineman. Those guys do not get traded. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen. Bad teams don't even trade them. So they, I bet you that they tried and had no takers. Tampa, no idea uh, what they're doing. I wouldn't really want to – I mean, whoever loses this game is in a tough spot, though. Well, Rams much more so. Yeah, because of the division. I know. Yeah. But, I mean, damn, man, if, if the Bucks lose, they'll have lost four straight four in and, and six of seven. Yep. But still be the favorites to make the to win the division? Probably. Yeah, that is a that is gonna be ugly if Tampa if Tampa loses this game. I mentioned it in passing earlier, uh Titans Chiefs. What kind of impact are you expecting from uh Kadarius Tony? Well, I'd like to hear more? your answer to that first because you're the Chiefs guy. You know, he's kind of fits that mold of just speedster that Andy Reid wants and covets so much. They're trying to piecemeal together their replacement plan for Tyreek Hill. So what do you think? I think that it's the exact type of move that they do. Um, and like we've seen with Juju Smith-Schuster, who we talked about last week or the week before, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like both of those guys were looked at as flawed players. Valdez-Scantling obviously in a better situation than, than Juju, but they immediately get to Kansas City and are start starting to produce Juju more than Valdez Scantling, but he's had a couple of nice games. So I mean, Kadarius Tony is a first round pick who a team cut bait with in what less than two full seasons, but he runs a four three. So if there's any spot in the NFL where he should look good, it's this one: big arms quarterback, genius offensive play designer, an ability a spot where he can make an impact on special teams too, and, and feel like he can make an impact. And other guys have shown up and immediately looks better there than they looked at any point in their previous spot. I know Juju had nice moments with the Steelers, but you understand my point anytime in recent history. So I don't think it's this week. You know, I would think it'd be really tough for a wide receiver to pick up a new playbook. And I think it'll take a few weeks for him. I don't think it's as easy as a pass rusher or a running back, but Kadarius Tony will make an impact in a big game for the Chiefs this regular season. And my guess is he'll be in the rotation by the postseason because it's the perfect spot for receivers to go to. It's perfect. Well, I if I were Buffalo, I would be flattered. If I were the Bills, I would feel like this was really not uh this was an unnecessary move that only gets made because the Chiefs know that there's another team that is capable of scoring 50 points in a game. And they might have to play them in Buffalo. Like between Sky Moore and McCole Hardman and these guys there, they didn't really need Kadarius Tony. There wasn't like an obvious boy, though. I know I mentioned Tyreek Hill, but it's not like they've missed him. They went to San Francisco against the top defense and scored 41 points. Yeah, the top scoring I, offense in the league. I, I, I respect the move because I think it's an honest self-evaluation. It's like we're not well, giving up that much for a player with a high ceiling. And there's another team in our division, or our conference, I should say, that might have either a quarterback that's our equal or an offense as a whole that's equal or superior to ours. That's why I like it. I, I, I was surprised, though, that if they were only going to do a small thing, that it wasn't a Robert Quinn-type trade. Just yeah, well, we both big... said we liked that better. Both of the we like more of a balanced team than just trying to load up on one side of the ball. Yeah, and just they they they've made moves like that in in the past and it's paid dividends and I'm sure they tried but it it surprised me given the asking price uh that they didn't go in that direction. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Packers-Lions year? Yes. You're big on evaluating what Aaron Rodgers says. I've tuned this dude out. What, well, that's because you you're, you're in Chicago. And you're programmed there to want to block the guy out because he's tormented you for so long. I yeah, think- but I mean, I respect the hell out of Aaron Rodgers, but like, and I would have never have said this two years ago. He, just, I just went from it's oversaturation, it's too much. We, it's mealy mouth, it's mumbo jumbo. It doesn't mean anything, or if it mean, it only means something if you take ayahuasca or something. I don't. All right, well, tell that to every single sports debate show that takes his quotes from either his press conference, post-game, or Pat McAfee, that they're doing a bad job. Why don't you uh, tell all those sports talk producers out there that they're effing up by hanging on and clinging to Aaron Rodgers' takes on things? It's why it, – this is this must be why they're not calling me. We know we know my <laughs> looks are good. We know my takes are good. No, the, you, said, you said the looks were awful. Yeah. And that I you was, needed to do like a time. self-help – book or movie about how you were able to get where you are in life dude it's you don't think it's you don't think it's interesting that they again kind of flub a major transaction date and he comes out the next day and he's just totally cool that he's like well we tried and it didn't work out i think you're not surprised that he didn't just flame throw them uh no because I think that he's not predictable in that way anymore. And his whole thing was that he's now kumbaya with Gutekunst and he signed the long-term deal and he's going to he's gonna retire a Packer. And I, yeah, what, what receiver moved at the deadline that would have changed the fortunes of the Green Bay Packers? They tried to get Claypool and the yep. Bears outbid him. Well, they could have offered a first. And how would you have reacted if they offered a first? I would have done this podcast naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, so. I just, you know, like, you're telling me they couldn't have offered Houston a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks? I'm not saying, no. I'm, Where's a deal like that? I, I'm, they, they absolutely could have, and I am floored that we've talked about it with Devontae Adams before. I'm not saying that they don't need it. I'm saying that Aaron Rodgers, like, being surprised by how Aaron Rodgers handles something publicly, that train left the station for me a while ago, man. Like, he's not a stable and predictable person. Sometimes he's, like, calling his guys out. Other times he's putting his arms around them. Sometimes he's angry. Sometimes he's trippy. Sometimes he's taking veiled shots at his coach. Other times he's drinking scotch with his general manager. I don't know. I don't know. So it's like trying to understand what his tattoo means. 
What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> He's going to say, he, my, guess, my guess is in three weeks, he'll say something passive aggressive about not having enough support. Like, you know, he, he, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. He's a, uh, He's not he's not Kyrie, but he's got a little Kyrie in him. Like he's like he's like a pseudo intellectual. It's 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 just coming across faker and faker and faker to me. The the more that he talks, and I know bringing up Kyrie is toxic, so please don't clip this. And I don't want to deal with that on the internet, uh, Spencer. But you know what I mean. I I don't see as much rhyme or reason to Aaron Rodgers as I did two or three years ago. When he or even two or three weeks ago when you thought after a loss and he was like trying to call out his guys that it was a good move. At that yeah, point, I, well, Danny was taking his word seriously, and now you've had an epiphany in the last few weeks. Yes, dude. Well, fine. Call me a hypocrite. <laughs> That's fine. The, at least the thing after the game was like an honest reaction. Like the, the midweek stuff, it's just always so planned, and the hoodie that he wears is scripted. The book that he's talking about is scripted. It just he, – he's a phony, man. He's All right, phony. let's transition to your team. Dolphins and Bears – Two teams that made significant moves. Dolphins traded for Chubb, gave up a first-round pick, gave him $100 million, and then the Bears finally got a wide receiver. So which move, take your bias out, which move do you think is more impactful? Well, I mean, if you're just doing Claypool, it's clearly Chubb. If you do Claypool and... Oh, and Smith. And Smith, yes. Yeah, and yeah, trading away Roquan Smith, it's yes. closer. Because Roquan's yeah. a $20 million player. Right. Was facing a franchise tag. Leads the NFL in tackles. Um, I I still think the answer in terms of more impactful is Chubb. Because, the, I mean, I, listen, I was shocked by that. That one was shocking to me we we had been talking for weeks and months on the show about Roquan and weeks about adding a receiver and months about how the Bears didn't have one like and maybe again that's because I'm closer to it and so you know wow what are they going to do with Roquan with the contract impasse wow how are they not supporting fields like those were huge topics for us but I was under the impression that the Dolphins did all of the things they did this past offseason to evaluate Tua not really expects to win anything of consequence this year. And then in the offseason, figure out what they need to do with Tua or what other holes they need to fill. It feels like they, and maybe that was the plan, but it's going so well through the first eight weeks where they woke up and were like, holy shit, we can win the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. like trading a first round pick and then giving a massive contract to an edge rusher and acting like Bradley Chubb is Miles Garrett and he's he's damn good. He would have been paid a huge contract this offseason, so he's getting paid one now. That move to me says, like, they're coming for the Chiefs and Bills in their mind this year. So I, I think that the more impactful move is certainly Miami because I think that the Bears stuff was fairly telegraphed. Yeah, I didn't expect the Bears to overpay for a wide receiver who hasn't been that productive. But but it's different. I mean, but a first round pick and a huge contract. Oh yeah, is no, is like an all in move. A second round pick when you have two sure. seconds for Claypool is yeah. not an all in uh, move. It it made me wonder if they're going to bypass paying Tua. When yeah, that deal we talked about out. that last week. Like they'll ride it out with him this year. Maybe they'll think about. Well, so. They got to decide on a fifth-year option. They'll pick up a fifth-year option on him. Yeah. But I think they're still renting. I don't think, you know, I think you might trade for Chubb, but I don't know if you give up that much and immediately sign him if you know that very soon you're going to have to pay a quarterback the franchise going right. So Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's a accelerate the timeline, which, but dude, don't you, I respected it. And I really do think that this is, it's a copycat league. Everybody says that I'm copying the take of it being a copycat league, but like less need, less need and F them picks. We, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Rams win the Super Bowl. He says F them picks. And the next trade that deadline is the most active trade deadline in NFL history. Well, and the Buccaneers did a lot of that, but mostly it was free agent moves that were like temporary moves and not so much like trading picks, but they, it was like really win now and not so much like worrying about developing in the draft when they got went out and got Brady and 
made all those moves around him. So like this building a team overnight, not through your picks is, I think, a recent trend. I also think that it's short-sighted in a way because you're going to play a road playoff game right out of the box. And you're going to have to win three. Yep. So that's the part of it that's a little bit jarring to me is, man, you're investing in this year when you're going to have a hard-ass road to toe to get yourself deep into the playoffs. But they're a franchise that hasn't won a playoff game in so long. Probably to their fans, it's like, this is great. Just win a friggin' playoff game and we'll plan a parade. Well, and it's not like Buffalo's going anywhere. Um, So if they look at it as this is our first round pick is going to be in the 20s and we need an elite pass rusher and we think we can also make noise in this playoffs and not just wait to try to sign him in the offseason. I'll make a cross-sport comparison. It's like when the Warriors were completely dominant and uh, the Rockets kept making hyper-aggressive moves to go after them. Like a lot of teams were just like, Tank, tank, tank. This is their league. We're gonna. We're not gonna even bother. We can't compete with yep. them. I respected the hell out of what the Rockets did. It did. It didn't work, but they easily could have won that Western Conference Finals, and then they would have won the title if, if not for the hamstring injury to to Chris Paul. Like they, so like the Dolphins see the Bills and are not afraid of it. They're they're going after it. So I I respect the hell out of it, even if yeah, it's very unlikely to pay off with the Super Bowl because of the path that they're going down. But I, I love that trade for them. Super aggressive. So the next game is my favorite game. And tell me if you think that's weird. Seahawks and Cardinals is my favorite game on Sunday. Dude, you don't have to sell me on the Geno Smith show. And by the way, before we get into this, two quick things. One, uh, if Tannehill plays, I like the Titans in the points. And Dolphins-Bears over 43 and a half. It's at like 45 and a half now. I like 44 and a half too. Uh, biggest bet of the year for me. I feel like we've been doing a lot of storylines and trade Ooh. deadline stuff. Uh, I, I should be giving out picks and game analysis. Yes, because they've been so good, the picks this year. Yeah, the picks have not been great. But <laughs> those, listen, you got to keep upping your ante as you as you go. I think the Bears run on the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins run on the Bears. I think that game flies into the 50s. Uh, no, man, you don't have to sell me on the Geno Smith show. He was just named NFC Player of the Month, baby. Everyone's coming around. He's better than Russ. Best story in the NFL. This week, we get to see if he's better than Kyler. Let's go. I'm ready. Absolutely. And the last time they played, it was 19-9. And Gino was under 200 yards and didn't throw a touchdown pass. It was just an ugly game. And I don't anticipate. This has got one of the highest totals of the week. I think it'll be more of a true, you know, what we expect from both of these teams. But, you know, it, it's really the NFL is a, what have you done for me lately sport? This really to me is one of those games where all it would take is Arizona to win and Seattle to lose for narratives on both teams to change just like that. I really believe that because Seattle would be five and four. And I think people would be like, well, Cinderella's going home. It's midnight. And then I think with Arizona, they'd be like, well, wait a minute. Every time DeAndre Hopkins plays, they win, and the quarterback looks way better. So I think that's the Arizona what I think side of that, the, the Arizona side of that, I agree with. The Seattle side of it, I disagree with because the expectation, like narratives are all based on expectations, right? Are you exceeding expectations? Are you falling short of expectations? Are you choking? Are you succeeding? Like, and if the Seahawks are five and four when they were supposed to be a five win team for the entire season, I don't think people are going to necessarily turn against them in any sort of meaningful way because I don't think people are really. On uh, the when I say turn against them, I mean much like the Giants. Like, well, this team is one good. game. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I, I fair, fair, fair enough. I, I think that they will still. I think they could lose this game and still win eight or nine games and and be in the mix for that seven seed. But Arizona, people will be talking about the DeAndre Hopkins point 100%. Uh, but if Arizona loses, man, oof, I, when oof. is like when when is Cliff gone if they lose? We've had a firing already. 
I don't know how hot the heat is like in ter- for, for a hot seat for a coach in, in, in that market. My, my sense is not very, but if they lose this game, you'd have to start thinking about changes in season or this off season at the latest. Not that it would be the first time they thought about it, but it'd be a bad loss for Arizona. Bad Especially loss. if they scored nine points again. Correct. Correct. Uh, Chargers and Falcons. Atlanta's got the worst pass defense in the NFL, but typical Chargers, no one's healthy. My question for you about LA is I want you to put a ranking on Justin Herbert. How much rib excuse, how much injury excuse for the team? Like, does Danny look at Justin Herbert and still say that's a top five quarterback right there? Can I... Danny, answer this with a question. Like, I, I want to know the the specific parameters. Okay. Is it is he a top five quarterback this week, or is he? Are you asking is he a top five quarterback? I'd want to have in to the like league build, right now to build a franchise around. Is he a top five league, quarterback in the league right now? In the league right now, probably not because of the rib injury. But is he a top five quarterback that I'd want to have? The answer is yes. Especially because Brady and Rodgers are being downgraded, man. Like, okay, Allen. But you yes. also elevated Geno Smith to superhuman status. So, no, no, I, I, Geno Smith is a starting caliber NFL quarterback who I think is a fascinating case study in patience. All but right, how about Burrow or Herbert? I, that's 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 the line. Okay, there you go. Can you answer that one for me? Uh, I think I would still take Herbert because of the arm oh. talent. Yeah. Dude, he makes throws that only Allen, Rodgers, and Mahomes can make. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. (laughs) It's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, wait. So you don't think that losing Keenan Allen, losing Mike Williams, losing his left tackle, Rashawn Slater, you don't think that these are significant? And then playing through a rib cartilage injury that is going to apparently linger in perpetuity? Like, you you don't think that these are significant things that maybe just maybe no I mean I, that I, guy no I don't think that they're things that you just completely ignore well that's good but I because <laughs> they're I like also, three of the other four best players on no the but I, no but I also like it's one thing if this is like an Archie Manning situation where there's just this great talent at quarterback and he is surrounded by total shit and you can't like adequately assess or judge his career because of the situation he's been thrust into and put in. Um, I think we've gone too far in, in the opposite direction with Herbert where like a lot of his bad games or a lot of their losses just get explained away. And I just don't think that would happen with a quarterback that was playing for the Cowboys or was playing for the Bears or was playing for the Steelers or was playing for the Giants or Jets. Like, I just think he gets an unreal pass when it comes to that because he blows away the eye test, like you said. And we just were like, okay, whatever. They lost a home game that they should have won. No big deal. He still, like you said, can run right and throw it back across his body left 70 yards. And that makes up for the fact that they only scored 17 points in a game. Okay, We do that all the time with him. Yeah, we, we 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 do, but we also say that the Chargers are cursed, and of course they're injured, and people are out on the coach, and there's a hundred. Why don't things. we do that with Kyler Murray? What? Do, do, why don't we do what with Kyler Murray? Well, I'm just saying, Kyler. Kyler, Murray, Kyler, Kyler I mean, Kyler Murray is not nearly as physically impressive as Justin Herbert is as a thrower of the football. Who would you rather have for the next ten years, Kyler Murray? Or no, Justin I'd ra- Murray? I'd rather have Herbert. But like when yeah. Mur- when 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 Kyler Murray has a bad game, he gets absolutely crushed. I don't sense that with Herbert. That's all. Yeah, I I, I okay. I mean, so you wanted a ranking, uh, Mahomes, Allen. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert? Tomorrow, Jalen Hurts. Next 10 years, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that again. You've got a Herbert crush. 
<laughs> it's it's Dude, yeah yes yes I'm not selling a share of his stock very ne- clearly ne- next ten years I still think he's third You're, we're gonna do this podcast for the next five years and you are gonna pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl before the start of every fucking season dude so true <laughs> so true I mean until Justin Field Trent Dilfer said that Justin Fields has the uh, playmaking ability and potential of a Pat Mahomes, Brett Favre type. And I had heart palpitations on the air. I'm like, Craig, those are only like the two most exciting quarterbacks and fun quarterbacks to watch that the NFL has seen in the last 30 years. And he's like, yeah, I know. And oh. should they fire their coach for having him throw it like 12 times in a game <laughs> yeah, earlier this right. season? Uh, yeah. I just can't wait till he gets them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to ask you for the Minnesota-Washington game because Kirk Cousins is going back to D.C. for the first time. And this is like example, you know, 1,617 for why they're such a poorly run organization. But it kind of sounds like it's going to change, right? Like, do you think on January 1st, 2023, Dan Snyder is still the owner of the Washington football team? Or commanders? I've had so many names. I think about money way too much and love these stories way too much, but I still don't really know about the transactional timeline of the pseudo-forced sale of an NFL team against a crazy, egomaniacal billionaire's will. So, like, if I had to bet by New Year's, I'd say he still is the owner of the team. Wow. Just because these things take forever, and he's so stubborn. But I do think that this ends with him losing the team, I just have no idea or no reason to expect it to go quickly. Oh, man. I mean, I, I know he... I think this might be his last... I think this might America. be his last... I think this might be his last home game. I mean... Look at the stuff. The- I'm just saying, like, everything's happening so fast. They're getting the government involved, looking into his, in, into his business practices. You know, there was the... Obviously... The stuff with with the women inside the organization that was just despicable. I'm not really sure how that didn't cost him his well, ownership. But that's my point. Like, the it almost seemed like he weathered the worst of it, and now it's just a it's like a bleep measuring contest. And listen, when if when the headline came out, the, the the first time I really believed it was happening wasn't about any of that stuff. It was when the headline came out last week of he you know, brought on Bank of America to explore the sale of a team. You don't do that if you're not really considering what you can get for your team. You know, you th- so like, I think it's, I'm with you. I, I think it's happening, but I just think the this man is not going to sell for a discount. He is going to want bidders. He's not going to want the appearance of being forced out. I don't think it's going to happen in the middle of the season. Um, you know, I I think that there have been like three or four smoking guns against Dan Snyder, and he's still here. So uh, I just – I it nothing about that man strikes me as, you know, it would be better for all involved if we just got this done quick and painless and easy. Like, he apparently I, like threatened all the owners. I think that team is – I think that's one of the saddest stories in pro sports, what's happened to them and their fan base. Yeah, stadiums they used to every be, week. They used to be one of the most passionate, fanatical groups of fans. That was a that was a great fan base, and to see what's happened to them, to their stadium, to the the 
They haven't won a playoff game, I think, since what, like 06 or 07. Um, you know, I'm, I think the NFL's better when there's a good team there. So I hope it happens fast and I'd like to see them relevant again. So I, I listen, man, I, I hope you're right. Uh, it's long overdue. And again, I think it's going to happen. I just, I would, I'd bet on Dan Snyder having more than one, one more home game. Uh, Oh, here we go. Bottom of the rundown. Time for the AFC South. Uh, Colts, Patriots. Which of these teams, if either, I don't know if this is like an SAT question, we can do none of the above, is closer to replacing their franchise quarterback? Whew. Um. Dude, this is really hard. I don't see a path for either of them. <laughs> this is really hard. Uh, I well, mean, ne- got- neither one neither one has an option on the roster, right? We're ruling out Mac Jones. Yeah, I think he's like a Chad Pennington type. Okay, so we're ruling out Mac Jones. So neither one has a an option on the roster. And neither one is poised to, you know, likely have a top 10 pick. It's possible, obviously. Right? New England, New England is four and four, and the Colts are three, four, and one. So unlikely that either team just is sitting there. Maybe one of them has like the 11th pick. That's where Fields went. And you could trade a future first to move up to the sixth pick and take the third quarterback in this class, right? Like that's possible. But well, so this is, so uh, this is how I'll try to answer that. I think I'm just saying, tell me who finishes with the worst record. And I'll tell you, that's the team that's technically a percentage or two points closer to finding the next guy. So, so I think the Colts, both teams have shown the Colts are trying to do it every year. as a different guy. I think that comes from the owner. That's a directive from him. I think, you know, he wanted Wentz out. I think then they get Ryan, and I think he got sick of Ryan, and then they go to Ellinger. So you know he's just doing – he's leaving no stone unturned in the post-luck era. I think Belichick's reputation is if you're not getting it done, I don't care where I drafted you, I'll do the same thing. So to me, like, I guess even though I've been critical of Belichick, the GM, I do think he's better at – like, he has not made a big trade for a quarterback. He drafted a guy in the middle of the first round. He took a buy low risk on, on Cam Newton. He said, I might as well draft another quarterback in 2022 in the mid rounds just to see if I cash in a lottery ticket on Zappy. So I think he'll do it after this season. I think he'll try to trade for somebody. But I don't know what assets the Colts have left. And I think they no, might just what... blow up. I don't know what. Are they going to be loyal to Ballard and, and Reich and give them another chance to find another quarterback? They just fired their offensive coordinator there. I so I would say I, New I, England, but I don't feel great about that answer. No, I think I think it's marginal percentage points in either direction. I don't think either team has a clear path towards it. And... I mean, yeah, Belichick's the smartest mind in the room, but how much longer is he going to do it for? I I think it's a toss up, and I think it's I think it's honestly like none of the above. Man, and I think they are purgatory teams, dude. They, they are. are big time purgatory teams, the Colts and Patriots. Yeah, which is crazy, given that the Colts were odds on favorite to win the division, a bad division coming into this year and like the last couple of years, even though the Titans have beaten them out. Uh, Panthers and Bengals, since he right now is 50-50 to make the playoffs. You think they get in? Baltimore's schedule is so easy. They need Jackson to get injured. That's the only way I think the Ravens lose the AFC North at this point. That schedule difference from a first-place team from last year, since he, to a third-place team, the Ravens have gotten all their tough games out of the out of the way. Yeah, since he still has Chiefs at home, Bills at home, Ravens at home. 
And then in New England, in Tampa, in Tennessee, in Pittsburgh, home against Carolina. That was not in order. That was in the pseudo order of difficulty. Now do Baltimore. Baltimore. It's it's Danny. They might not. They might if if Lamar Jackson's healthy, they might not lose another game. In New Orleans, home against Carolina. I am doing this one in order. In New Orleans, home against Carolina, in Jacksonville, home against Denver, in Pittsburgh, in Cleveland, home against Atlanta, home against Pittsburgh, in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's that's easy. But is the path – I mean, the path for Cincy is also wild card. And AFC not as strong as we thought. So they beat the Jets head-to-head. So let's say if you have Miami and Buffalo in the East, there's two. You got the AFC South winner, Indy. There's or, uh, Tennessee. There's three. You've got Baltimore winning the AFC North. There's four. Kansas City in the West. That's five. Uh, LA maybe six. So yeah, I guess Cincinnati would be the seventh team. I bet on them. That's that's, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, team. right? You you. So they they're four. They're four and four. Say you need to get to nine. Carolina one. Pittsburgh two. Let's not give them in Tennessee. Let's not give them Chiefs. Cleveland at home three. In Tampa, in New England, home against Buffalo, home against Baltimore. I don't know that there's five wins on that schedule. Like the thing is, obviously, they're so susceptible to big time pass rushers, right? Like Parsons. Garrett, right? Like they, they're so susceptible. Then who's the seventh playoff team in the AFC at the halfway point? Is it the Jets? Is it New England? Is it I mean it could be the five win Jets right now? Is it the Browns who rally once they get Deshaun Watson back? Um since his schedule is so brutal at the end in December, but I would still bet on Chase to get healthy and Burrow above some of the other teams that we've talked about here. Well, what's the Jets schedule? So they lose to Buffalo, then it's New England, the Bears, the Vikings, the Bills, the Lions, the Jags, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. And they already have five wins. Yeah, but that's not easy. I mean, that's... I'm not saying it's easy, but but if you if you say that they they might be favored in only three or four of those remaining games, tops. Well, if they win four of them, that's nine. Yeah, but if they lose the tiebreaker to the Bengals. Right. So I think I think Bear, since- Bears, Bears, Lions, Jaguars give Jets wins in those three games. And then you got to win one more to get to nine. Yeah. And hope Cincinnati's stuck on eight. And hope Cincinnati's stuck on eight because you lose the tiebreaker. Yep. Yeah, I I I guess I I guess because of the tiebreaker, the Jets it, Small lean towards Cincy making it. Small lean. It's it's even money? Yeah. All right. All right. Last one is the Jaguars. Did you just see this catch in the World Series game? What's the score? Oh my God. Uh what Astros up one, bottom of the ninth. Ball driven to the wall. Leaping catch at the wall for with two outs. Astros are up three, two. Harper now at the dish as the last out for Philly. So I, unbelievable I, catch. I originally was going to ask you something about the Jacksonville Vegas game. Sorry about that. But now I'm, that's all right. Now I'm more intrigued because Jaguars fans came after you on Twitter. Oh, I got barbecue. And it reminded me and it slipped my mind. I'm like, Holy shit. When I was putting this rundown together, I don't know how I did this, but I forgot about Kelvin Ridley, which I friggin' love that trade for Jacksonville. Me too. I wish I wish the Steelers had done that. I wish the Bears had done it. Wouldn't you rather have Calvin Ridley than Chase Claypool? I said that as soon as it happened. But the problem is, is that you, but Ridley doesn't get to play this year, and you don't know for sure that he gets to play next year. Oh, they gotta let him play next year with all the sports betting ads they run on games. They have I know to suspend it indefinitely. But I, I listen. I assume so. But you don't. But you don't get the nine games this year, and obviously Claypool's younger than than Ridley, so I I understand why 
a first-time general manager did not make that move uh, eight games into the job. But have you ever seen a trade like that? No, I've never seen a player that's suspended for sports betting get traded while he's been suspended. Okay, fine. I Remove think this the, is the first in NFL history. There were multiple stipulations based on like it, the draft pick is this if he gets reinstated by this date. It's this if he gets reinstated by this date. If they it's, sign him to an extension, the draft pick yeah, gets better. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but, but between those two, there was also the depending on how many snaps he plays for us. It the the pick can be this, but then if we sign him to an extension, it can be it, it can become this. That was unbelievable. Like, just like the the I didn't I'll, hand up. Bad job by me. I didn't even know that Calvin Ridley was allowed to be traded. Well, how was that a bad job by you? Who? Why? Why would that have been on your radar at all? Well, because clearly when he came back, he wasn't going to play for the Falcons again. Why? I I get. I mean. I don't. I would not look at that as a as a mortal sin if I'm Arthur Blank. Like this guy needs to actually. Be you know what? You're right. Kicked out because of our we, organization. We talked about having Ridley and Pitts and London for a for a quarterback to go to. You're right. I, yeah. I don't. Did you know it was even allowed? No. Did you know that one of the bets Ridley put in was for the Falcons to beat the Jaguars? That was one of the bets he got suspended for. I thought it was just a parlay. Well, that was one of the legs of the parlay. Atlanta oh, had nice. to be Jacksonville. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I said, you know, I I, I thought two things could have happened with that. I, I actually, I have two, two spinoffs from that. Number one is I thought Ridley, if he didn't want to play in the NFL again, FanDuel or Rivers or somebody should have hired him as an analyst. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing. And the other thing, my other bold prediction – on, we, we didn't touch, we just mentioned the Panthers. P.J. Walker starting that game. Here's here's a takeaway point. I think Baker Mayfield next year will be out of the NFL and he will either be on Amazon or he will be calling a big college football game for a network. That's my prediction. That I think there's more money for him in TV than there is as a backup quarterback somewhere next year. And I think he's shown it with his commercials. He's opinionated. He takes things personally. He fits the sports media in 2022 about as well as anybody. He is perfect for for a job that we do. He's great. He'll be great at it. I like this take a lot. (laughs) Right? Get Herb Street out of there and put Al Michaels with Baker Mayfield. I like Herbie. On college games, I like him. I don't want him in the NFL. Well, I don't think he does a good job with pro games. I think he's pretty good. Uh, I love that opinion, but I also think it would be even funnier if he like came for Shannon Sharp's job, like which which does not pay more than like what Tony Roma did. But if he if he wanted to like really like go at his old nemesis Cowherd or something and get yeah. into the sports take debate game. That'd be hilarious. Baker Mayfield's takes on the NBA. Well, I don't know what Fox was going to pay Cutler to be their number two guy. But. Not more than he can make in the NFL. Yeah, probably not. But there's a huge drop. I mean, Cutler left that gig to go take the $10 million from Adam Gase and the Dolphins for one year. You know, I think, I think the number two guy. What's Amazon paying Kirk Herbstreit? Oh, they're paying Kirk. But that's a number one guy. There's a huge difference. I think Mayfield could go right in and do just as well as Romo. Uh, well, I, he's not getting he'd 180 million dollars. He'd rip. You don't think? No. No. I think he's so polarizing and so natural on TV that he would get huge money. I think that the only the the, the number one game analysts get huge money. And then everybody else gets good money, okay. right? Like I, the number two guy, you know, Charles Davis. I don't even know if he makes a million dollars a year. <laughs> what? I, I don't know why I find this funny, but like Charles Davis probably did not think he'd catch a stray 
from some Odyssey football podcast on a Thursday who, night, but here he who is would now. Kill to make a million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I mean, you know, it's true. You think Dan Fouts was making what Romo's making? No, he was making seven hundred grand to be the number two. Well, then maybe he's better off doing like a first take show or something like that. There might be big money in that for Baker Mayfield. I could see him doing it. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he can put he can put a nice little thing together. Do a podcast, do a first take show, be the number two or number three analyst. Wait for wait for Aikman to retire from Monday Night Football in five years. Slide right in. And call college game. Yeah, no, he, I mean, listen, man, he can make a couple million bucks in media. No question if he's, if he's willing to grind. But he's not getting Tony Romo money. Let's slow down. But I love All right, him. Danny. All right, Danny. We'll talk after way too we... long. This is way too long. It's just you, me, and Nick Wright listening right now. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Thank you, Spencer Ray. We'll talk next week. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.